These few weeks between Easter and the Day of Ascension, which this year falls on Thursday 21st of May, we focus on Jesus' resurrection appearances over those 40 days and what they might mean for us. One of the most astonishing aspects of Jesus' resurrection is that it not only confirmed who he was as the divine Son of God, but also revealed the possibility of life beyond the grave. And more than that, a new kind of life we can receive before we go to the grave ourselves. Our reading from John today begins with the disciples under lockdown, not for fear of a virus, but fear of the Jewish authorities who had just crucified their leader. Into their midst suddenly appears an unexpected visitor, the risen Jesus himself. For most of them, the shock would make them think they're seeing a ghost, but he shows them the clear physical signs of his wounds, that it was really him, although now given his new resurrection body, which is able, for example, to move through locked doors. Thomas was not with them, so not surprisingly, he takes some convincing when they told him. After all, if two days after a good friend was dead and buried, others told you they'd met him alive again, would you believe them? Understandably, he wants to see the physical evidence for himself. And so we have this wonderful account of the encounter between Thomas and Jesus the next time he appears. Thomas is so overwhelmed by this encounter that his belief goes even further than the other ten. He falls down at the feet of Jesus, worshipping him as my Lord and my God. A good confirmation for all of us of the divinity of Jesus. Clearly these wonderful encounters with Jesus, truly risen from the dead, coming soon after the worst moment in their lives, changed them forever, in more ways than one. Even though they would not fully receive the Holy Spirit until Pentecost, we see some of the foundational fruits of the Holy Spirit being formed in them directly from encountering the risen Jesus and his resurrection power, particularly a new peace, a new joy and a new hope. All the disciples, particularly Peter, would have carried in them a deep sense of shame, that they had run away, rejected, and in his case, even renounced their fellowship and friendship with Jesus during that dark day of his arrest and crucifixion. How wonderful that the very first words of the risen Jesus, peace be with you, not only dispel the fear of arrest they were living with, but that sense of shame, as well as the fear that they might not be forgiven such unforgettable failure on their part. The grace of Jesus pours out to them with those words, and as he repeats them again, peace be with you, he goes on to breathe onto them the grace and power to pass on that forgiveness to others. Others that they discern are truly sorry and repentant for their sins and failures, just as they were. Truly Jesus is imparting to them here what he called at the Last Supper, a peace that the world can never give. An eternal reconciling peace with God as Father, enabling them to become his children by receiving this freely given grace from Jesus, not by their good works or anything they'd done.
There was also a second transformation in this encounter. Where before they would have been sad and depressed, that Jesus, the source of their joy and encouragement in life, had been so suddenly and brutally taken away. Now the sudden realisation that this was not the end, but some kind of new beginning beyond their wildest dreams, not only brought them joy, but overflowing joy. As John writes it, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, this was just as Jesus had promised them at the Last Supper, saying, Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy, and your joy will be complete in John 16. And such joy is available to each and every one of us when we have our own personal encounter with the risen Jesus. But there is yet more. The meeting of Mary, the disciples, and especially Thomas, all proved to them beyond doubt that death need not be the end. For here is one who has come back with a new life from beyond the grave. And in his case, they absolutely know it was him, because the tomb is empty and the body's gone. This was something completely new. And another key eyewitness, Peter, reflects on this in his speech on the day of Pentecost, that we've read in Acts chapter 2, from verse 22. First, he points out that Jesus was freed from the agony of death, because, being without sin himself, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That's verse 24. But he goes on to consider David's Holy Spirit-inspired conviction years earlier in Psalm 16 that God would not abandon him to the grave, his own belief that there would be life beyond the grave. And God would also not allow your Holy One to see decay. As Peter points out, the latter uniquely applies to Jesus, whom God did not leave in the tomb, but raised from the dead. And they were all witnesses of this fact. Peter, John, Thomas and the others had now all seen with their own eyes the new resurrection body that is the beginning of the new creation. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead, meaning that we too who have Christ living in us will follow also receiving such resurrection bodies in the new heavens and earth when Jesus comes back again. Such indeed is our sure and certain Christian hope of our life beyond the grave. In Paul's short summary phrase of the Gospel, Christ in us, the hope of glory. John also brings out this hope in his conclusion after these resurrection accounts. In chapter 20, verse 31, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. But this is not just life beyond the grave. We don't have to wait until we die. This life is the resurrection life of Jesus living in us by his Spirit. And that life of Jesus in us right now can give us an absolute assurance of peace with God through the forgiveness of all our sins if we turn and put our trust in Jesus and can right now fill us with a sure and certain hope, an overflowing hope, or in Peter's words in the first letter, he wrote, a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and can also fill us with surely the most fundamental characteristic of the spiritual life available to us now, a deep joy. Joy, of course, is way better than mere happiness, because it is from within. It can well up within us and transform every trial, including our current Covid crisis, or any future test we may go through. For, as the same Peter goes on to write, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Later on in 1 Peter chapter 1. Peace and complete forgiveness, hope that the best is yet to come and a joy that nothing can take away, such are some of the key benefits or blessings of the true Christian life, which is supernaturally birthed within us when we stop trying to run our own lives and overcome our own failures and negative emotions by our own energies and instead turn to the risen Christ and ask him to come and live inside us by his spirit. That is what John means when he says, by believing we may have life in his name. As Jesus said earlier, if we ask, we will receive. If you seek, you will find. If this is truly our heart's desire, no locked door will stop him. He will come and meet with you. So let us receive that life, let that life live in us, and then also make it our life goal to help pass it on to others. So let us pray. Father God, thank you that you did not abandon your son to the grave, but raised him up to be a source of forgiveness for all who turn to him to be the only true hope of real life beyond the grave and to open up the possibility of new birth into true eternal life here and now, knowing you as Father through Christ the Son alive in our hearts. Lord Jesus, we are sorry that we've so often tried to live by our own energy and efforts alone, rather than leaning on the power of your resurrection life that you put within us as we lay down the barriers and things that stifle that spiritual life from bursting out within us, we welcome you to come in and live your resurrection life in us and through us, pouring in your love and peace, your joy and hope, so that we may overflow with life into a thirsty world. In Jesus' name. Amen.